Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Okay, we can go ahead and get started. My name is Rebecca Chen. I'm a partner with Ready and Newman. I'll, I'll be doing the conference call for today. Um, Gayatri, can you start our first question? Sure, Rebecca. Uma? Uma, you have to unmute yourself. Yeah, hi. Are you able to hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hi, Rebecca. I just have a quick question. Uh, like I have an H4, which is approved until the 2021 20, December. And okay. if, uh, like, can I go for uh, my husband's H1B has been approved. So can I go for I-94 extension to the Mexico border instead of going for visa stamping? Is that a possibility for me? Because if I have I-94 extension, my EAD is eligible to work for 180 days, right? Yes, the rule for automatic uh, revalidation, though, for visas, when you're coming back, you need you need to have a valid I-94. Um, so an I-797 approval notice with an I-94 that's valid um, in your name. So, for example, if you had uh, an H-4 I-94 that was extended and then you had to go for visa stamping for some reason to kind of clear up. Um, a status violation or something like that, you could do automatic revalidation. But um, I assume, is your I-539 still pending right now? Yeah, it's I, I applied in July 30th, but still it's not approved. Okay. So I, I'm thinking because my H-4 is valid until December 26, 2021. So I'm thinking to go to the border just to get an I-94 extension. Is that a right. In your case, you would still need a an H-4 visa stamp before you oh. could come back in. So if you are able to secure an appointment for an H-4 visa stamp renewal, and then you come back in with your husband's H-1B approval notice, um, you would get an I-94 that's automatically extended until 2024, and you could start working again once you re-enter the country, okay. but in your case, you do need a visa stamp. Visa stamping. So like my one more question is, I have my I-485, I-765 and I-131 pending since last November. If mm-hmm. I step out of the country, my I-131 will be abandoned. So yeah. I'm so like if it's abandoned, you know the timelines. If I reapply, you don't like we don't know like how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Do you think that me taking this risk is like compensating me the benefit, or do you think like wait because 
as long as you can get the H-4 visa stay. So if you do leave uh, now before you get the I-131 approval, you will definitely need to get the H-4 visa stamp then before you can come back in, um, even just to keep the I-485 going. Um, but once you get the H-4 visa stamp, it should be valid for the next three years. Um, so there isn't necessarily a rush to it. You would need to apply for reapply for the I-131 once you come back. But um, if you need to travel again, you still have the H-4 visa stamp to do that if needed. Okay, okay. But if once the I-131 is abandoned, my dates are already retrogressed. Am I able to reapply for I-131 once yes, I see it? At any time while the I-485 is pending. Okay, okay. Thank you so much. But in my case, I need to go for the stamping, right? I yes. cannot just take the, my husband's I-797 just to... Yes, you need an H-4 visa stamp renewed. But I I read somewhere, sorry to ask you so many questions. Yeah, somewhere, so it doesn't apply in your case because you don't have an I-797 approval notice. So you need one in your name. Okay, thank you. Thank you so okay, much. Thank you. Question? Yep. Hello, Ms. Uh, Rebecca. My name is uh, Arna. Mm -hmm. I, I'm on H-1B and I have my EB2 I-140 approved with priority date of 2013 February. Last okay. year, because of uh, EB3 progressing, I filed for downgrade. I call it a downgrade, but I actually did a new I-140 so that I can stay intact in EB2 line also. So I did new I-140 in, in EB3 category, uh, which has not been approved yet. And I do not even have EAD or advanced parole document in my hands. Okay. I just, with EB3 filing, I just got, um, what do you call that? A finger biometrics done. Okay. So, um, and now, now EB3 has retrogressed, but EB2 has, starting, has started to pro progress. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to see, it has progressed to a point where I am current in EB2 category now. Um, uh, especially filing date, and I'm expecting hopefully final action will also be current and in, in, in probably next few months. So I just wanted to see uh, what are my best options. Is interfiling and uh, a be better option for me to go back to EB2 since I've already filed my 485 under EB3? EB3 or yeah, your priority date is 2013. 2013, Feb 2013. Okay. So it's not current yet according to the final action dates chart, but in the filing dates chart. Okay. So we normally don't recommend interfiling until your date is current according to the final action dates chart, because what you want to do in the interfile, the whole purpose of sending in the interfile request is telling you CIS that I have this other I-140 in this other category. The priority date is current there now, according to mm -hmm. the final action dates chart. So you can approve this I-485 right now um, because the priority date is current there according to chart A, the final action dates chart. So um, I would say for interfiling, we recommend waiting until your priority date is current according to chart A, which like you said, if the visa bulletin continues sort of at the pace it is mm -hmm. the past couple months for EB2, that could be coming up in the next few months. Yeah. Um, the other option you have is to file a second I-485 which you can, according to the filing dates chart. So uh -huh. um, if USCIS accepts the filing dates chart for December um, mm -hmm. next month, which they haven't announced yet, whether they will or they won't, but if they do, you have the mm -hmm. option of filing a second I-485, second set of I-485s um, in the EB2 category according to chart B. So that's fine. Okay. It doesn't need to be current according to chart A for you to file a new I-485. 
Got it, got it. So, um, so in the filing, it's recommended to wait until the final action becomes current. But, um, but according to chart B, which is filing action, I can definitely do 485 using uh, um, for, for EB2, like second 485. Yes, if you're um, still in H1B status, yeah, you said it hasn't been approved. Yeah. And yes. if you're with the same employer, yeah, that would be fine. Um, if USCIS accepts chart B for December. For December. I mean, when you say if USCIS accept, if the bulletin is out with the dates, why would USCIS not accept those dates? Um, yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense. It's two different agencies that issue, mm -hmm. that deal with the visa bulletin. It, okay. the, the bulletin dates and the charts are set by the Department of State, but mm -hmm. USCIS is a separate agency. They are the ones that accept the adjustment of status applications. So Department of State issues the charts, but then USCIS on their side, they decide each month whether they will accept only chart A or chart A plus chart B. Got it. So the only last question that I have, Ms. Rebecca, is what about the medicals? So how long the medicals are valid? So I did my medicals last year with when I did 485 for under EB3. Now, if I have to do it again, do I have to go for medicals again or if, can I use the same? If you decide to apply a new set of I-485s, you should do a new medical and submit medical. it with the new I-485s. If you're interfiling, you don't need to do a new medical. They're valid okay. for a couple of years. A couple of years. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Thank you so much, Ms. Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, next question. Prashant. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Uh, I have a couple of questions. First question is, uh, my H1 is valid till April 22, uh, 2022. I'm planning to travel to India in the month of Jan or Feb to get my family back. Will that be an issue? Uh, no, that should be fine. Your H1B is valid until next April. You're traveling in January. Do you have, do you already have the H1B visa stamp? Yeah, I have a stamped visa. They, but they would need to apply for the H4? Uh, no, even uh, H4 is there. I have the uh, H4. Only thing is it's valid only till 22, April 22. Any issue since I have only two, I will be having only two months left. Yeah. As long as they're coming back into the country before April, then that is fine. Um, even if it's, so you'll only, when you re-enter the country, you'll only get the I-94 for all of you valid until April 2022. So if you're employers planning to file an extension, for example, they should be prepared to do that pretty soon after you return. Um, or technically they can file the extension before you leave. It can remain pending while you're out of the country. We usually don't recommend that. Um, no. I would prefer to file the extension after you get back. But at the border, if they ask you about your expiration in a couple of months, just tell them that your employer is preparing to file the extension once you're back. Yeah, actually, my second question was, uh, they have filed for my perm. Uh, for April 22, I will be maxing out on my H1. They have oh, perm, and there is still no status on that. They're saying only in the month of Jan, uh, we might get a status update. So okay. I'm just waiting. My question to you was, uh, uh, is there a way I could track the status of the perm application from my end? There isn't really a publicly available website the way there is with the USCIS case status website to look up the status of a perm. The, uh, the only kind of way to look at the status is through the employer or attorney's account. They have to log into their account and they see the status there. Um, 
So pretty much all you can do is just ask the employer or the attorney and all they can really do is kind of give an estimate based on DOL processing times for other cases that are similar. So if they're saying January, then I assume that's probably about the seven month mark from when your perm was filed mm-hmm. earlier this year. Um, so hopefully that's when we'll hear something, but DOL does not really give much, they can always take longer without notice also. So it's kind of just waiting and seeing. Okay, so my next question was assuming if I don't get any update in the month of Jan, should I ask them to go for a, a H1 extension because I'll have some months uh, when, I, when I would cross the country, right? Also- yeah, if you have some recapture time, time that you can recapture from spending outside the US, um, that's kind of the only option is to have the company file sort of an interim extension of requesting only a few months or however amount of time you've accumulated from outside the country. And they may only be able to get in an extension of maybe three months, but that might be enough to get the perm approved and then file your I-140 and then they would just file another extension pretty soon to extend it beyond that. So how soon should I plan this? Uh, In the month of Jan, if I don't get an update, how long can I wait? Yeah, you can follow up with your company in January, I would say. Um, If it's not approved by then, then start talking, calculating your own recapture time and talking to them about filing that new extension. Okay, my last question is, uh, assuming if... Oh, uh, Gayatri, are you going to a new question? Yes, Rebecca. Bala? Yes, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Um, so I worked for a company A in India long back, and then I came to US on H1B uh, for its uh, US counterpart. Uh, these Bala? two companies are structurally different. One is India Private Limited, and the other one is a US firm. During this transition, I resigned in India and uh, got US offer letter to join. And again, later on, I moved to company C where my GC is filed. During the GC filing, I don't have an experience letter from company A, which is my Indian company. Okay. And I reach out to uh, the company. They gave me an experience letter as if I worked the whole period in US. Oh, okay. So I don't have a specific experience letter that I worked in India. I have the paychecks and all that, but the experience letter they gave, they combined the entire period that I worked with the company. Okay. Is it on the letterhead of the company in India or the company in the U.S.? U.S. Okay. But they listed your start date as when you started in India? That's right. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it is best if it's separated out on two different letters, one from the Indian company and one from the U.S. company. But I know that um, in some cases we have been able to still do the I-140 and um, proceed with that type of experience letter. We just usually need to explain it more. On the PERM form, most likely your attorney is still going to separate it out into two different jobs, your Indian job and your U.S. job. But for the experience, if, the com- if you can ask the company to issue another letter from India with that experience or issue you a different U.S. letter that kind of clarifies that, you know, from this state to this state, you were working for their affiliate in India, that would be best. Um, yeah, I have my apartment LCA, LCA and I-140 both are filed and approved. I'm waiting for the dates to become current. Oh, okay. Uh, so when I go for the next step, like 485, will it become any problem or should I prepare now no. to 
Yeah, you won't need to provide experience letters at the I-485 stage. Um, yeah, they very rarely, if the I-140 is approved at the I-485 stage, UCIS very rarely goes back to look into your experience or anything like that. Okay, yeah, thank you. Next question. Ram? Yeah, uh, hey Rebecca. So uh, I'm on H4 visa. So my H4 and H4 EAD both are expired on October last month. So okay. uh, uh, my company is filed for the extension. So right now, uh, as of last week, I got the, my H4 approvals, okay. but H4, H4 EAD is still pending. Okay. So am I eligible for like a 180 day extension? Yeah. So this is a situation where that auto extension policy would apply to you. Uh, yeah, it's pretty common for the I-765 to be approved kind of around the same time as the I-539 or pretty soon afterwards. So if your H-4 extension was recently approved, I would say your I-765 most likely will follow pretty soon. But um, if it doesn't, or even in this interim, you can return to work um, based on this 180-day extension policy. So documents you would provide to your employer to continue work would be um, your expired EAD card. They probably already have that. Plus your H-4 approval that Let shows your extended status, plus your I-765 receipt notice. Okay, so I don't have to travel to uh, Mexico or Canada to get started. No. no, so did you get the I-797 approval notice for the H-4? Uh, I, I got the copy of it, actual one went to the attorney, so I can get the copy okay. from there. So. Yeah, as long as the I-94 is attached there, that shows like mm -hmm. a 2024 end date. Um, yeah, your H-4 status is extended. You don't need to travel. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Next question. Ankush? Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. Um, I'm on uh, on a B1, B2 currently in the US, and uh, my I-94 expires in about 10 days from now. Uh, my petition for L1A is uh, we got an RFE on that, and uh, the result of the RFE would be, I think, sometime after my I-94 expiration. So uh, is it recommended to uh, leave the country or, or stay here till, till the answer is received for the L1A petition? So the L1A was filed requesting a change of status? Yeah. Okay. Um, technically the pending application, since it was filed before your I-94 expires, you're considered in a period of authorized stay while the L1 application remains pending. Um, if your company is pretty close to responding to the RFE and if it's in premium processing, you should get a decision, I would think, within, you know, the next four to six weeks. Uh, so I would say it's probably not necessary for you to depart the U.S., um, you know, in the next 10 days. Technically, the pending L1 gives you a period of authorized stay until the decision comes in. If there is um, something in the RFE that leads the attorney or the company to believe that it's a kind of a high risk of denial, um, 
you may want to at least be prepared to leave pretty soon because if it is denied after your I-94 expires, then you'll be out of status and unlawfully present immediately as of the day of the denial. Okay, and, and if so, it's not a problem. Okay, and, and if it is denied and, and we leave uh, the same day or the day after, uh, will our B1, B2 be canceled automatically? Yeah, technically, potentially, because you will, even one day of unlawful status or unlawful presence is considered to kind of void a visitor visa. So if there is some risk of denial and you want to preserve the B visa for future use in case you need it, then that might be a reason why you might want to depart before you're in, you know, in the next 10 days, um, just to be safe. But like if it's approved, then it's not a problem if you waited in the US until then, it's mostly just in the event of a denial. Okay, okay, thank you. You're welcome. Next question. Devaki Nandan. Hi, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. This, this question is on behalf of my cousin. Like <clears throat> he moved back to India a couple of years back with an employer A and uh, he kind of worked with the same employer for a few more months. And during that time, his date was current and he applied for a counseling processing. And he's not with the current employer right now, but his counseling processing was approved. So what does that mean? Like, does he have to, what are the next steps that he have to do? So the consular processing petition is approved, but with an employer- I-824 is approved, yeah. Oh, was the petition for an H-1, what kind of application was it? An H-1B or a green card? H-1B, yeah. H-1B, he was an H-1B here and he's um, with that employer and he moved back with the same employer, but he's not with the same employer right now at this point, but his consular processing was approved today. A consular processing H-1B application? No, green card, sorry. Green card, okay. That's what I um, okay, but he is no longer with that company that sponsored that yes, island study and they're not, you know, continuing the job offer for him? No. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I would say he can't really proceed with that approval because the job offer at least needs to be there up through uh, receipt of the immigrant visa. How long ago was it that they started that? Started what? I mean, the when? I-824 process. I think they started it last year, but he recently kind of moved out of that company, like I think three, four months back. Yeah, I don't think he'll be able to use that if he's no longer with the company and they're not, um, even on paper, extending a job offer to him anymore. So what are his options? Like, uh, uh, does he does he have to go back to his old employer and kind of work for him for some days and that's, that's how he can... The previous company that sponsored his green card needs to at least be willing to offer him the permanent position. So, I mean, there's no working for that employer right now because he's not here in the U.S. So at any rate, it's a future theoretical. No, I think no, I think his company is in is in India too. Like, you know, he worked for the same company. Right. But if he's not working here in the US, it's not considered a permanent job 
from the government standpoint. It's considered a future job in the US. Um, so if they're willing to offer it to him, then he may be able to continue it and travel here on that immigrant visa, but there needs to at least be that job offer from the company. Oh, so the same company has to offer him the job again and they need to apply H1 and that's when he come here and yeah. go to the project. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Next question. Honno? Yeah, hi, hi, Rebecca. This is Ono here. So I have a question like, you know, uh, my uh, I-485 uh, EAD and advanced parole are still pending with the USAC. Uh, but if I uh, travel to Mexico or Canada for a vacation so and come back within 30 days, will that be still considered as like, you know, moving out of the country and uh, my uh, advanced parole will be denied? Uh, so the I-131 will potentially be denied if you leave while it's pending. Um, mm -hmm. But the I-485 can continue processing if you come back in your non-immigrant status. So if you're coming back in H-1B or mm -hmm. whatever underlying status that you have, if you are no longer on H-1B or any other separate visa status, and if you're just depending on the I-485, no, what I'm asking is like, you know, I'm planning to use that automatic revalidation option uh, mm -hmm. just to visit there for a vacation and come back. Uh, will in, in that uh, case also, will it be considered like, uh, like, you know, you moved up the moved out of the country and, you know. Yeah, it's still considered going outside the country for purposes of the I-131 potentially being denied. So you would, okay. I would be prepared to refile the I-131. Okay, so follow-up question to that is like you know, um, since I don't have the uh, H1B stamping, it's expired last year, October. So now I have the approval of H1B extension. Uh, mm -hmm. So if I go to Mexico and uh, uh, come back within 30 days, will there be any issues in the uh, like you know the border? So you should be able to still come back. So that's the situation where automatic revalidation does apply, where you have an I-797 extended already in your name your visa stamp is expired, but if you're going to Canada or Mexico 30 days or less and coming back, you'll be um, admitted into the country um, and admitted. No, any other documents are needed or just that uh, uh, H-1B extension approval yeah, is enough? The original H-1B approval notice with the I-94 attachment. And of course, okay. the passport that has the expired visa stamp if it's in a previous Okay, passport. so only those two are uh, sufficient, right? or anything else we need to be um, taking with us? That's pretty much it. Although uh, some people bring an employment verification letter just to confirm from the company that you're still working for them. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's about it. Okay, sure. Sounds good. Thank you. Sure. Next question. Neeraj. Hi there. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I had a question for my father who has an impending travel. Uh, December 7th. He's traveling here to the U U.S. and he is on B1, B2 uh, visitor visa. Uh, but his visa is expiring in the next one and a half uh, months. But he intends to stay for, let's say, five to six months. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is going to happen at the uh, immigration desk? Because he has a return ticket, which is five to six months out. Yeah, so the visa in the passport, uh, the expiration date on that only governs how long he can use that visa stamp to apply for entry into the U.S. So as long as he is uh, traveling to the U.S. 
before the visa in the passport expires, um, he can use that visa. Then when he's in the country, the amount of time that you're allowed to remain in the country is governed by the I-94 record. So that's issued by Custom and Border Patrol. So the officer that um, speaks to him and then lets him in, they will update his online I-94 record with an admit until date. And that date is the date that he's authorized to stay in the US. That can be beyond the end date of the visa stamp. So that can be up to six months for a visit. Um, so if he talks to them, you know, if it's a relatively straightforward case, they almost always give six months on the I-94. So that's fine. Um, so, I would just check the I-94 online after he comes in to make sure that he was given six months. So would he have to request it to the officer or uh, the officer just looks at the return ticket and automatically grants the six months. I mean, does he have to bring a letter uh, explaining? Not really. I would say mo almost always for uh, visitor visas, um, unless the passport expires before that. So I'd make sure his passport is valid beyond oh. that six months. Unless the passport expires before that, or unless there's some something the officer is suspicious about. For example, if he had frequent previous visits, um, of like six months at a time, uh, mm -hmm. then they may not give six months this time. But if he hasn't really visited the U.S. recently, um, if it's a pretty straightforward case like that, I would say they almost always give six months um, automatically. Uh, he, when speaking to the officer, he can say, of course, that he's here to visit um, his family. And for how long he's planning to stay, he can say that he has a flight booked for, you know, about five months away. Um, and just, you know, be truthful about that. And then I'd say the officer should give six months. Um, if there is an error, sometimes there is an error on the CBP officer's part and they just accidentally enter like the visa end date instead. Yeah. So that's why it's important to check the I-94 online after he is admitted into the country. And if there is an error, um, you can go to the deferred inspection office afterwards to get it corrected. I see. But does it make sense to, you know, provide him a letter right there and say that, hey, this is the situation. Also, um, okay. Especially if um, English isn't their first language or yeah, that's right. have trouble communicating, you can provide a letter um, on his behalf explaining that he'll be staying with you for the next five months or so. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, okay, we'll take one more. Ready? Hi, Rebecca. This is Hari. Hey, uh, I have a question. Uh, I'm on H4 EAD, uh, and my H4 uh, and H4 EAD both are expiring next year, February. And uh, yesterday, my uh, I-131 and uh, I-765, GCI-765 got approved, so I'm waiting for those to arrive. Uh, my question is, I'm planning to travel to uh, India and uh, I'll probably be coming back from the India after my H4 will be expired. So I will be probably going to stamping over there. So my question is like, if I'm in India and my current H4 EAD is expired um, and I'm working from India, so do I have to use my, um, my uh, GCAD? Uh, if not, uh, if I get a stamp, uh, 
match for over there in India, can I still, would I still be eligible for uh, H4 extension for 160 days? Okay, so if you're, did you say you're going to be working in India? I, I will be working from home from India for a couple okay. of months. So if you're physically outside the U.S., if you're working, technically you don't need any EAD. Um, it's, you know, work authorization rules are based on where you physically are sitting. And so as long as you're authorized to work in India, um, then it doesn't really matter if you have a valid EAD at that time. Um, as far as when you come back to the U.S., if your GC EAD is approved by that time, and if there's no reason that you really need to maintain the H4 for or H status, for example, if um, if you or your spouse are not planning to um, to change uh, to a different preference category like EB2 or file a new I-485 and EB2, or if you don't have um, children who filed and may age out then you don't really need to stay on the H-4. Um, it's much easier, even with the auto extension policy, it's much easier to use the GCEAD because there's already a built-in auto extension policy on the GCEAD. Um, as long as you renew it, um, file the renewal on time, there's always a 180-day extension of a GCEAD. You don't need to go for visa stamping. You can use the advanced parole to travel back. So you don't need to try to secure an appointment with the consulate. So if there isn't some other reason why you or your spouse need to maintain underlying H status for some reason, and you can you know, speak to your attorney about any specific situations about if that is needed, but I would say in most cases, it's not really needed to maintain the H status. So if those situations don't apply to you, I would just use the EADAP from the pending I-485 like I said, when you're in India, you don't need it for anything, but you could use the advanced parole to travel back and then continue working without any interruption once you're here using that EAD. So, uh, so as you said, I have a couple of reasons to uh, maintain, like my wife might be switching from EB3 to EB2 if EB2, okay. her priority date is July 2013. Okay. So if yeah. I use uh, AP or a GCAD, would that create a problem for me? Not for you necessarily, um, but uh, if if you're planning to file a new set of I-485s in EB2, then it is best if all of you maintain H status. If she's planning to interfile, um, to move to EB2 via interfile, then you don't need to be in H status. So it kind of depends on, on her, I guess, uh, I-140 and what she decides to do to move to EB2 or how to do that. If you want to maintain your H status, then I would say, um, yeah, then you basically have to, you can hold on to the EAD AP as sort of a backup, but you basically need to pretend like it doesn't exist if you plan to maintain H status. So that means getting the H4 visa renewed while you're in India coming back to the U.S. in H-4 status. And then uh, in that case, yes, the automatic extension would apply in your case for the H-4 EAD if you have an I-765 for the H-4 EAD pending. And, and 
And for that, I have to come to United States. It's not like that if I got my H-4 visa. Yeah, you can't apply for it. Um, you can't apply for the I-765 while you're outside the U.S. So it does okay. need to be filed while you're here. But my you can keep the U.S. while it's pending. And my H-4 and H-4ED extensions are pending. So if I come back after stamping, uh, do I have to apply um, uh, H-4ED again or my current no, application? It's, if it's already filed and pending now, then you don't need to file another I-765 when you come back. Just leave those pending. And okay. um, yeah, but the automatic extension would apply to you when you come back with the renewed H-4 stamp. And another reason, sorry, I'm taking a bit longer. Another reason I was planning to keep my H-4 EAD, uh, I know uh, uh, GCAD sometimes only, only only comes for two years. Yeah, so you do have to kind of schedule it and make sure you plan to file the renewal every 18 months. So right. as early as you can and submit the renewal, we recommend to. And my uh, my H-4 EAD, you know, it's, I'm going to I'm gonna get it for three years. So I was thinking, you know, if I yeah. have three, so let's let's use that. Yeah, so, yeah. As long as you're, uh, you know, prepared to kind of do those steps of going through the consulate and then coming back and making sure you file everything. And so, um, you're, if I uh, if I switch to uh, my AP or uh, green card EAD, uh, my wife cannot do the fresh filing in EB two. Uh, she has to she she can only do inter filing for me. Um. If you're going to all, I assume, if, I mean, if she's going to file a new I-485 in the EB-2 category, you would be filing a new one also as her derivative. And so everyone needs to be in valid H status at the time the new I-485 is filed. So if I use my GCAD and before filing EB-2, if I go outside the country and come back on H-4, would that- that, yeah. Okay. You can get back into H status by traveling and coming back, but um, if that's your plan anyway, then you might as well do that on this trip and save yourself a, a trip to the consulate later. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Okay. So we'll need to end the conference here for today. The next one will be tomorrow at 3.30. <laughs>